I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are still track walking. Um, yeah. yeah, but only one of us is racing anymore. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, not permanently, I hope. Just yeah, at, what I mean, for, at the for, moment. for the rest of the season, we have like us, we have in my world, we have the second half of the season. Yeah. Your world's largely done. Like, yeah. like from a grid life standpoint, they don't have that many events left, but you uh, don't have any of those events left. So what, What's wild to me is the first few years I was driving and competing, it was very common to have like a last kind of finale event in October. Mm-hmm. And the weather would generally be crap because it's in the Midwest, but it was in the Midwest. So fewer people came, but like all the core group came, hung out. It was kind of like the last day of school. We all weren't taking it too seriously, having fun. We were all tired, but like glad to be there sort of thing. It was like barbecue weather too. You could feel like, you know, sit around. It was definitely like, rain jacket and hoodie with jeans weather yeah which is but only in the evening because like when the sun's out it's fairly warm during the day and that's my jam which is kind of what it's like today or been like kind of this week it's like it's mid 70s but then like dips into the 50s at night you so So much so nice that's all right it's gonna get up to the 80s this week it was 108 yesterday uh, that seems made up. <laughs> it felt made up. Sounds <laughs> sounds like you're I, for the first a place time where people since, shouldn't live. For the first time since I got back, I just looked at the weather and what was going on, and I just for this weekend, and I just said no, yeah. and I just stayed in the house because Saturday was like a hundred and five, and Sunday was a hundred and eight, and I just said no and i stayed inside all day and got uh like super pissed off at everything um and i've only been back for three weeks and i'm over it already so it needs to cool down what do the what do the nights get down to though uh low 80s jesus that's (laughs) terrible all right so my garage has a window air conditioner unit which because it's got a bunch of thermal mass generally works to to keep the garage cool ish it's been running for like two months it doesn't not run it's the poor little guy's just been a great unit yeah they they only last me about a year because they run a lot and i so it just and it's still it's like 87 in there and that's as cool as it gets do those have do those have to run off uh, two twenty, or can those run off a one? No, mine are one. I, I just have the one ten window units, which Shoot, maybe ex- except for in the heat, like the heat heat of the summer, yeah. it works pretty good. Um, it'll you know run all night and knock the the building down to 
75 ish and then it takes long enough to to warm up during the day that it's fine so except right now when it just can't get cool so i mean you it just struck me that's like i've got a heater for my garage and this summer miraculously so far hasn't been bad at all but instead of like getting a huge air conditioner i could just put something in the window and call it good yeah so the big thing is if you've got if your garage door is just like a sheet of metal rather than an insulated garage door it's it's got some of the foam panels kind of on the on the inside they're not great um if i doubled up on it it would be better this winter i'm gonna try to look at how to seal the uh the edges better since it doesn't open and close in the winter really um maybe i can get something on but it's a little bit like in the winter time up there where you're just like, all right, I'm going to run the space heater for two days. And at the end of two days, the garage will probably be warm enough for me to live in, you know, to go do something in. Well, for you, for sure. I mean, as well, long as it's I mean, in the forties, I'm, I'm able to work in there. It's yeah. Cold. Like I look forward to that. I, I can't even, I can't even look negatively upon being cold at all right now. Someday I will, but I can't right now. So, yeah. And and on that note, uh, last weekend we raced motorcycles, and it was 105. And you and were very moody that we didn't record last week. I was so moody because which I understood. Yeah, like I got I got done endurance racing on Saturday, and I sent you a message telling you how much I loved racing motorcycles. Yep, and I like, said we're not talking about it for another week. Yeah, yeah, you were like, I have important things to do. And I was like, dude, I just had a thing. And, I know. Uh, fine. I know. So, I've been like away from my house. Like I've, I think we've been at our house a total of four days in like the last two and a half weeks. That I'm tired sounds of. Ad, sounds adventurous. It's, I mean, that's, you could, sure, you could call it yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of an introvert, so I need my space. I haven't been in my space much, so this is nice. And not the Facebook competitor. Anyway, so you you quoted a stat to me a couple weeks ago on how your you did one race before you went up to the UP yep. with your team. How did you guys do? The first race of the year, yep. we got like third overall. Bike ran great, but was not running on the race motor because Correct. when they when when the team went and tested the race motor, it uh, leaked oil like a very leaky motor. Yep. And so we put the the backup motor in it, raced it. Bike did mostly good. Um, was a joy to ride. Showed potential. And then I left. And then since then. How's the team been doing? There was, I, th- I think there was three. Th- three races when I was gone. One race, the bike mm, had jetting problems, mostly ran okay, ran out of gas, they crashed it. That was the good race. Oh. Um, and then for two races in a row, they broke motor mounts. Um, and one race, they got an hour and a bit of riding in before they broke a motor mount. And the other race, they got like 12 minutes in or something. And they broke a motor mount. Set up feature like did somebody just not weld something or what so the race motor or is this more complicated and interpersonally so it's there there's no 
there's no like this is how you put this motor in this frame because this motor didn't come in this frame mm -hmm. um and so you have to build motor mounts mm -hmm. and when you build motor mounts there's always choices to be made about motor position and getting exhaust clearance and hitting the gas tank and it doesn't seem like you should because like motorcycles are all on the outside you're like everything's on the outside how could you run into things um Yes. But yeah, th thing, things need to be done. So the, the first version of motor mounts was largely um, let's get the motor in the right position and make sure it works. And it didn't really proceed to let's make them strong enough until after the first version broke. Okay. And then the next version came in and for reasons that aren't 100% clear, almost immediately broke every bolt holding the motor in um I'll, so I'll, the motor sh the motor shakes a little bit but it shouldn't be shaking enough to break all the bolts immediately yeah i'll i'll be honest that sounds like like whoever put the bolts on maybe under we're gonna, or over tighten them we're going to we're going to find out in in this last race uh we did run all 4 hours um Although at the end, um, two out of the three bolts were broken as well. There was, there was roughly one and a half bolts holding the motor in. Um, so you at need, the end, so you need stronger bolts. <laughs> we shouldn't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. You say that. Currently, okay. So let me tell you about the race. I'll tell you about <laughs> failure modes later. <laughs> I want to nitpick these motor mounts. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah. So it yeah, was, so your first race back. First race back, um of course as as is the style this year the bike was prepped about uh 5 hours before the event. Nice. And that um, we had talked the week before you ran the Monday before the weekend that you were going to race and you had already pre prepped your bike as a backup. Right. Because You've been hurt I love those before. Guys. <laughs> and so, you don't trust them. Um the the track usually opens about four hours before the racing starts. And you can sign up, get your bike teched, do there's a couple hours for practice, and then the race starts. And I showed up like right when the gates open. Four got our pits. Four hour enduro. Four hour enduro. Yeah. Yes. Four hour enduro started starts at uh, 12 30 so yep. just afternoon so it runs from 12 30 to 4 30 which is literally the hottest four hours of the day yeah, fantastic good timing guys um i get there like right at eight set up the pits hang out and wait for people to show up with the bike they show up with the bike uh, 8 45 maybe okay that's get, pretty not, not bad not bad, considering like you can start signing teams up at eight thirty. So not bad. Eight forty-five. Oh, real quick, is that why you have white leathers? It's because it's freaking hot in Texas. No, because I just buy whatever whatever leathers are oh. cheap and good at a yeah. given time. Black that's, leathers are stupid, though. Like genuinely, that, I don't. That seems like a terrible idea. Where you? Yeah, live. horrible idea. Um, I think people, the companies like to sell you white leathers because they look gross faster and then that makes you want to buy new ones. Sure. Um, but 
Uh, I approve of of heavily ventilated white leathers for riding in Texas. We should uh, stick that gold foil all over you, like on your shoulders and your back, to help just uh, be reflective like that. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah. But it looked like a, a power, looked like a Power Ranger. Yeah, I would like that. <laughs> so they show up. We get the bike off the trailer, roll into the pits. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, practice doesn't open until like ten. Okay. 9.30, something like that. So I uh, hop on the bike and I'm just bouncing stuff. Put the kickstand up, bounce the forks down. It goes whoosh. Dude, it's like a noise. One, one, one more time. It goes whoosh. And do it makes the forks. A, it's a whooshing noise. And do the forks like go down and don't come up? No, no. They, they work. Okay. And I bounce it again. Whoosh, makes the whooshing noise. And I look down and Motorcycle forks, good motorcycle forks, which we have on the bike, have um, air bleed screws because the process of boingy boingy up and down, they'll mm-hmm. build up air pressure in them. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're supposed to, especially when you're doing motocross stuff, bleed that excess air out and it keeps the air chamber consistent and everything's good. And I look down and there is only one air bleed screw in one of the forks and the other fork doesn't have an air bleed screw in it. Yeah. Um, you can't ride that because if you were to go out on track with that, it would push air out, but it would also push fork oil out the top of the fork. Um, and because the cap wasn't there, the air chamber would just change in size. You would have inconsistent springing. Your oil would foam. It would shoot out. It would Everything would be terrible. Okay. It was missing. It was not there. Did they know this? No. So were you like, hey, uh, you, you guys know you're missing some stuff here? I said, does anybody know where this is? And they're like, they both looked at it and they're like, nope. <laughs> cool. Is that like so, a universe? Like I'm picturing like mm-hmm. a Zerk fitting or something. Is that like a universal? It's not. It's, it's cool. I mean, Honda uses about the same size parts for most of their dirt bikes, but nobody has, but they're, it's like a full size dirt bike part. It's not a mini bike part um and so is that I, one of the spares you guys typically carry nope. no okay cool and so i i email and then call the other team member um to see if he might know where it is and he's still sleeping is he racing with you that day yeah oh okay I'm just he'll, he'll, Seth. He'll, I'm just asking these questions. I'm a <laughs> impartial person. That's not true at all. That's silly. Anyway, so it becomes very clear to me very quickly that if I leave the track now, I can drive an hour and twenty minutes home, mm-hmm. and I can pull the bleed screws out of. The, the matching set of forks that I have on my dirt bike mm-hmm. and I can drive an hour and 20 minutes back and just make race start. and make it so we can run about 20 minutes of practice you so, do, so you do that <laughs> that's what I did yeah, was in, the, uh, did you take the Accord or was this in the Nero no, I Sonia's got the Nero in at school. This is I've actually uh inherited the Rev four, oh. which is not the world's best high speed 
Uh, Sonia has the nice car. It's a thing. What we can we can get in we can get into it later. Sonia does has she, my does neuro. Does she still listen to this show? Because I'll publicly shame. I have her. no idea. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Sonia has my Nero. Shannon has a new Nero, which is lovely because mm. she has a, a hellish commute. Um, I have her, whatever, three-year-old base model RAV4, which okay. works outstanding for the things I'm doing for it. I don't love it at all, um, but it is it's acceptable a, as an automobile. It's a box. Um, it doesn't really like going 80 miles an hour to go get bleed screws. No, because it's using a engine that's used to pedaling a civic around or yeah i mean it's corolla Corolla. yeah Yeah. whatever that tiny so basically like when a corolla feels kind of zippy a rav4 at 80 miles an hour no longer feels zippy (laughs) it's just i'm tired (laughs) boss yeah yeah so uh i spent my morning the majority of my morning driving to the track Mm -hmm. and then to home and then back to the track Mm -hmm. um to get a couple little bleed screws, put them in. Why didn't uh, you just bring your bike in the first place? I did bring my bike. Oh, you did? It just didn't yeah. have these particular parts? No, no. Okay. Not not the same not the same type of forks at all. Okay. Um, and I could have just said, to hell with you guys, we're running the backup bike. Yeah. But, like, the solution was possible. It was just time. Sure. Um, like I could fix this. All I had to do was do it and I could fix it. Um, so I did. Did you have a time to like look over the rest of the bike before you left to see if there was anything else you might need? No, absolutely not. Okay. Um, like I had, I got back with 20 minutes left of practice. Like once I realized what was happening, I was like, I have to leave now. Um, there, there's not really a time. And I, I told everybody, I said, if you find there's something else you think you need me to get, you need to, to text me before I get to my house. And they're like, got it. So anyway, got back, put the lead screws in. Uh, they are already wearing leathers. Like they knew I was going to be there at that time. And they, Oh, so they could rely on you to be at a certain place at a certain time. And then they can they, like plan around that is what you're saying. Always can. Okay. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, so I got back, they we put the screws in, they hopped on the bike, bump started it, headed off, bike ran great. Bump start? Uh yeah, for reasons that I won't go into, the <laughs> bike can't be kick started, so it has to be bump started. Okay. Um Engin- technical and engine uh, swap it, stuff. What's that? Engine it's swaps. Raised, uh, right. It's because the engine has too much compression in it right now, okay. and it tends to break kickstart shafts with that oh. much compression in it. Okay. So when you build race motors, you basically have to bump start them. Okay. Um, the cool. end. I hate it Didn't so much. Know. It's the worst. Um, so you need a tiny engine to start your slightly less tiny engine. Yeah. Okay. Also, I'm bad at bump starting. Okay. It's a it's an acquired skill. I'm bad at it, and I don't like it. Yep. I'm getting better because I have to. It'll be okay. Yeah. So we we each get about five or six laps on the bike. Um, bike seems as fine as it's been. Um, and we get ready to start the race. Um, and we race. Okay. 
like like the whole thing was just like ah oh and and the the uh Derek the teammate who prepped the bike and then slept in is still not there because he showed up while I was gone realized that he forgot um his liner his suit liner and you can't like wearing that suit without a liner would just chafe your skin off and you would you're you would die and so he went back wait wait all right brief aside i apparently have no idea how bike leathers work i thought it was like a two or three piece like liner layer thing like race suits that you could like wear it against your body but you're telling me no i'm telling you a suit of race leathers once you take the liner like it has a a, a mesh liner like a, an old gore-tex coat has that yeah that sort of liner in it yeah. that's all that's between you and leather oh and so if you have taken that that's liner funny. out to say clean it or something yeah and you left it in your garage or wherever you don't want to be would be putting leather against your skin and it would just wear holes in your body. Normally what I do is I wear like some under armor. I have a full like under armor slippery. We call them slippery clothes. So you put that on you, it's tight. And so you have that and then you have the suit liner, which provides, you know, slipperiness and then it's leather. So, so yeah, what you're imagining is sort of what happens eventually, but you could do that super wrong and have a bad day. So he went, he went home to get that. Yeah. I guess I had, again, like I'm from the car world where you wear a suit that provides protection from fire. We don't care Um, about being in fire. Exactly. (laughs) Your suit (laughs) doesn't give a crap. I mean, it's leather. First of all, it's right. Can be caught fire. Um, you are more worried about rocks and stone grinding off your skin and bones. Yeah, it's it's impact and abrasion. Those are the two things we're worried about. There you go. Um, and nothing else really matters. So he's not there. He's not there, um, which is fine because then I don't have to be grumpy about the fact that the bike didn't have all the pieces. Sure. Um. Uh, and this one, one of the and this year is in the new higher class, faster class. That yeah, roughly roughly the same class that we are. I mean, we're running an F six, which is yeah one class higher, but we're right. we're just playing with classes. This is this is actually an F seven bike, so built to the rules, it would legally run in the slowest class out there. Yep, but you wanted yeah, be- to do it to try to compete with the team that you wanted to compete with yeah and to give us a little more flexibility rather yeah it it gave us it gives us a little more flexibility in motor building if the original build didn't work well we don't have to play quite as tight with the 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 cc requirements and things like that we can just buy some stuff make a motor that fits do it um turns out the race motor is great right now other than the fact that it still leaks a bit of oil um fantastic motor like utterly great motor um does that mess we did, like does that leak like under your back tire or anything just sort of everywhere <laughs> it's just okay. like everything's covered in oil okay it doesn't really get on the back tire really so we raced 
Yep. Um, How'd it go? Uh, one of one of the other teammates started started the race. Um, he likes those intense first ten or fifteen minutes standing start. You know, ten or fifteen minutes. Like he he lives for that. It's his jam. And so he starts. We're doing well. Um, it's four hour race, so I'm not that concerned with where we are. And uh, at this point, I'm like, all right. So am I going out at half an hour? And they're like, no, no, we're doing. We're doing our stints. <laughs> like, we're doing what now? You guys are aware that it's 105 degrees, right? And they're like, no, no, it'll be okay. <laughs> it's like, wow. Bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. And did, and, and y'all apparently hadn't discussed this. Well, they hadn't discussed it with you. They hadn't discussed it with me. And, and they were, had they been and, doing this all summer? yeah 45 well no the bike was broken all summer yeah, like every fair. time they tried to raise it the bike was broken so um how so often yeah, do um, you need to come in for gas that will come into play we no longer okay. need to fuel up the bike oh for four hours yes damn the okay. bike now has an an un, a custom fabricated under seat fuel tank mm-hmm. that holds 3.4 gallons what I go through in a race. <laughs> and that is actuated by uh, an electric fuel pump, which is bolted to the inside of one of the fenders, powered by a lithium battery and has a, a button by your left thumb. And that transfers fuel from the rear tank to the main tank. Mm-hmm. Um, the main tank is a translucent motorcycle tank. So you can see, like physically see how full it is. And it it has... it between half a gallon and a full gallon more than we need for a four hour race. Dang. Ta-da. Okay. So um, going along. So we haven't figured stance. out how to make the bike reliable yet, but we figured out how to put a shit ton of fuel in. <laughs> and longer stents, less stop time. Yeah. We can basically roll in, roll out. It adds like 12 seconds to a lap to do a rider change. Dang. Okay. Um, and, First hour's done. I go out to do my hour. I'm still learning how to ride the motorcycle because I've done like five laps on it. Haven't ridden all summer. Um, and quite frankly, Scott, the bike is brilliant. Like, the bike is so good. Um, it's a little bit weird under braking, which uh, we're going to do some suspension work on it, but also it has three and a half gallons of fuel sloshing in the rear tank. As you transfer fuel to, from the rear tank to the front tank, the the rear tank is now like two thirds full, and every time you hit the brakes, all the fuel goes from like it just slams itself up to the front of the tank, and yeah. you're like, "Well, that's weird braking." And yeah, and you could actually um, feel that on a oh yeah, you tiny could bike. definitely feel it. Um, I could feel as I rode and I transferred fuel from the rear tank to the front tank. Um, I could definitely feel a, a change in balance in the bike and how the bike was braking. Could you? Just trying to think how you could mitigate that. Could you add like uh, fuel-safe foam or something to the inside? That's what we need to do. We need to put baffles or foam in it. Traditionally, yeah. the the GP bikes that have a really long, skinny tank have that same type of issue with them, right. and they run foam. Yeah, to do that. Yeah, um, baffles. And yeah, that that would only get you so far. That'd be a halfway measure. It feels like. Yeah, foam would be the way to do it. Um, okay. But. Uh, the bike just ran really, really well when I was riding it. I was slightly concerned that I was overheating the rear tire. 
Um, I had a few moments where I was just like, that's weird coming out of a corner. So um, if I wasn't directly racing somebody or trying to pass somebody at a given time, there was a couple corners that I short shifted on to try to give, like let the bike ease itself out of the corner to, to not, not that it had so much that it was going to spin up the tire and, and spit me off, but it was just putting a, put a little less pressure through the the side of the tire, try to make the tire last longer given it's, you know, 105 degrees out in the track temperatures, whatever, 150 or something. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it was great. Like everything about it was great. I sent you a video that, uh, one of my friends took when he was riding behind me. Um, and we were, uh, arguably he was maybe a little faster than me at that point, but we were basically the second fastest bike on track. Um, the entire time we did it and, um, the, the bike that was faster than us was, there's a, a young, young man who's been racing in Europe. Um, and another one who's been doing club racing on big bikes and they were just better than us. Like they were going to be better than us and there was nothing we could do about that. I think it was interesting for, um, the parts I watched is it looked like you were more confident and adept at getting through traffic than the guy. Oh, the bike just carved you. through traffic. It was beautiful. So good. You could put the bike anywhere and it would be, it would grip on any line. You were like, I'm going to take the outside line and it would just stick. It was so good. So, so when you came into the day, like you had a lot of frustration, some of it, like you kind of saw coming but like a lot of reason to be frustrated and bitchy and all the feelings. Like, did you get on the bike? Like one of those things, like, I hope this bike is terrible just to like finish me off. Or were you riding a crappy bike sucks so much? Yeah, I know. Like, I I have no (laughs) idea, but like, yeah, no, I, I just, so the first race we did in the year, like I thought, because I hadn't ridden the bike before, because there'd been no testing, I thought something about this bike is going to be terrible. And it was good. And this time I rode it and it was basically the exact same bike with the exception of the fuel tank and the race motor in it. And it was just like the fundamentals of the bike were really, really good. Okay. Um, so it's not, I don't even think that it's that we made the bike good. It's that we did when we, when we did it, wrote it out on paper early in the year, we went, all right, we know this is a good chassis. It would be like, if you were like, all right, we're going to build a C6 Corvette, like the worst C6 Corvette you can build is a pretty damn good car. Like you can make a better or worse C6 Corvette, but all of them are pretty good right okay um and this is like this chassis if you just if all you do is put the right wheels and tires under it and get the spring rates roughly right it's a good bike like it's so much it's better than the grom without trying and the ground we spent several years trying to make better and this we just sort of threw together and it's better immediately see now you're all this talk is making me wonder about driving GLTC Corvettes and GLTC S2000s just to see, like, which I've I've done a little bit of sampling and whatnot, but, you know, 
getting outside of your little box to see what other things are like. And I think some of it, I think it like a, a more apt description, like Miatas are pretty good to start with. A, a more apt thing would be like if you were Brian DeFreeze and you had driven his Civic. You know, he put a bunch of work into getting that Civic into being a pretty decent car. Right. And I remember the first time he really drove his dad's Corvette, which is nothing special. No. You know, it's a it's a street car. Yeah. And he was like, holy Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... It's just better. Yeah. Um, yep. So it did. Still warm, something for- it did warm my heart to see in-car footage from Brian. He got his car back. Um, yep. After ten months after Heartland's incident, he got the car back and he got it out on track. Uh, in New York, I forget which track it was. It was someplace I had never heard of. It's the club track that his dad's a member of. So I don't remember the name of it either, but it's just a small little club track. Windy, hilly, like pretty cool looking track. Yeah. And uh, the footage was from inside Brian's car with Brian driving it and uh, gave a point by to his dad in the Corvette. And just seeing the two of them play on track was very cool. Like how, how can still hustle that thing? It's cool. Hal's a good driver. Yeah. I mean, I may make fun of him, but he's a good driver. Yeah. Especially, like, he had a few really outstanding performances on the one lap this year. He did. Anyway. So, yeah, we raced motorcycles. I raced for an hour. Um, How, did you die? So, before we went, before I went out, I was like, I don't know if I can do an hour. And um, they're like, all right, so we're going to give you, like... Like at half an hour, um, you know, we'll check in with you to make sure you're doing okay. And then, we, you know, we'll like walk out to the edge of the track and, you know, give you a, a signal. And I was like, cool. And then like 10 minutes left, we'll give you another signal just to let you know that that's 10 minutes left. Cool. So I'm riding the bike for a while. How do and, you guys keep um, track of time? Like does the rider or does the... We don't have a clock on this bike. So, okay. so they, the Grom had a clock on it because it's a street bike. So for this, we literally just rely on people to do pit board stuff, which we forgot. We, um, so we were just we, doing complex signals like thumbs up. Yeah. Um, and so I'm out there like doing good. Like I'm happy. I'm lapping. I'm good. They come out thumbs up. I'm like, yeah, thumbs up. It's good. And then I'm riding, I'm riding, playing with people, passing everybody. This is the first time I've ever ridden a fast bike, like a bike with a bunch of motor, where, where I'm like, if I can't get you in the corners, I'll just wait, and I'll just blow by you on the straight, because this bike is so fast. It's awesome. Terrible. Um, and part of that is the bike just digs out of corners so well. Um, it wasn't so much as a matter of me passing you on the straight, as it was a third of the way down the straight. I've gotten the dig on you so well that I just got you early on the straight it's awesome never never as far as cars or bikes or anything goes have i driven anything that's just been like fast was the coolest thing i get it now okay and so i'm out there i'm like i'm feeling good i'm doing great and and they come out and they give me a symbol which is arms crossed and i was like arms crossed i was like arms crossed that's like a big x x like 10 minutes left cool I've done awesome. Uh, and I'm like, not 
That seems too it's, intellectual. I'm sorry, Seth. Keeping, that seems too keeping, intellectual for what your team has going. Right. Egg, I think X, I think the Jolly Roger and like somebody has died or like something's gone terribly wrong. They give me this big cross X. I give them a thumbs up. They give me a thumbs up. I'm like, sweet. Ten minutes left. I am killing it. Okay. I'm so good at racing motorcycles. Okay. And so I race and, and, and I ride and I'm like, wow, that was, whew, get tired. I like sweat, like going into my eyes. Yeah. Um, stings. Yeah. I'm still doing, I'm still doing laps and I'm riding and I'm like, it's getting harder to make good decisions. Like I notice I'm, my decision making is bad. I was like, I don't think that X meant 10 minutes left. I think that X probably meant that was the halfway somehow for something. And I completely misinterpreted symbols of what was going on. So I just keep riding. And I will tell you at when they did give me the 10 minute symbol. So now I've been on the bike for 50 minutes. Yeah. I was very, very tired. Um, like, and you know, here you're not supposed to let yourself get dehydrated enough that like your mouth is actually tacky and dry. I, yes. Cause by then you're like, they're like, no, no, by then you've gone too far and your day's ruined. Yes. I was definitely like, there was no moisture left in my mouth. It's not great. Um, I had 10 minutes left. And so, um, yeah, I did my last 10 minutes. So um, you start drinking your sweat off your face. To yeah, I'm like trying to lick try it. To and like, I'm so, I was so salty. Like, oh, yeah, it's so gross. salty. Like, this is probably not good. No. And um, I finished my hour, handed the bike off, uh, drank a Pedialyte. Um, basically, immediately took a, took a towel that had been sitting in the ice water in the cooler, put on my head, yes. drank a Pedialyte. Um, cool down. Told everybody within earshot that we have the best bike there. I was so excited, <laughs> like so excited. Yeah. Um, and the the other teammate went out and was riding it. He was doing great. Um, I was the slowest rider on the day, but I still set a time that was almost a second faster than I've ever ridden the Grom during an endurance race. So, okay. Um. Uh, by this point, the the teammate who had forgotten his his suit liner showed up, and uh, he is medically pissed off about the heat. I think, like there's a there's a medical condition where you spend too much time in heat. It's like chronic heat anger or something. It's, and he that's definitely made up. <laughs> no, like he googled it. And I, I trusted him at that point because he was like, something's wrong with me. I'm too angry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. He works in a shop, in a non-air conditioned shop. And so like he's in 100 plus degree heat every day and had been for over a month. And he was like broken. And he was like, I don't want to ride the bike. I don't even want to be here. Like he was genuinely broken. Um, To the point where instead of me being mad at him, I actually felt bad. I was like, that's sad. So, uh, third one hour stint um, goes and right at about the three hour point, uh, the bike comes in and 
um, he's pointing. Actually, this is about fifty-five minutes, and he's pointing at the gas tank as the bike like rolls into the pits. And okay. so we pull it around to fuel. We take the gas cap off. We put fuel in. Um, send the other the other brother out for the last hour and five minutes. He finishes it. Um, we have some number of ounces of fuel in the front tank when we were done. Not many. Um, we missed first place by uh, just over two laps. How long's a lap? Uh, 50 seconds. Holy so shit. less than two minutes in four hours. How long did um, that uh, refueling take? 30 seconds, maybe. Um, it, it didn't, it, it didn't end up mattering there wasn't like we weren't gonna we weren't gonna win that one anyway unless we were gonna be faster on the bike and um but and i yeah i, I know seems, seems like you're glossing over the fact that you raced for four hours and you finished like two minutes off the leader like you add because, 30 seconds back into that like that's not insignificant that's a so quarter of that a, time this is a team that we haven't lost to before because they had the the young hotshots on the bike. Um, and like the 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 young man who's been racing in Europe was like three seconds a lap faster than us when he was riding. And he was like five seconds a lap faster than the bike owner. Like he's better. But you finished two minutes off of them after four hours. But the team we usually lose to mm-hmm. Um, because they had a, a club race coming up the next weekend, they decided to race a Grom. And in practice, they blew out their rear shock. Oh. And then asked us, asked me to borrow the rear shock off my Grom. So actually, the backup bike that I brought for me <laughs> gave parts to them so that they could race against us and collect laps for the championship. So we didn't actually have a backup bike for the entirety of the race. Ta-da! I think you've got to earn some brownie points for that or something. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Eh, that's that's kind of spirit of spirit of the event kind of thing, right? So, spoiler. Um, when I'm waiting for you to plug your headphones in, I need you to listen. To this. When I got the I got the bike back home on Monday. I wheeled the bike outside the garage and I filled up the rear tank and the one of the welds on the rear tank had split. So you were leaking and, fuel as well. Yeah. So it turns out when the rear tire felt like it was getting greasy. Like greasy on the left side. You mean between the oil leaking out of the engine and gas leaking out of the tank that yeah. Maybe it was getting contaminated. Yeah. And it was one of those things where when I threw all my gear in the car, I was like, it smells like gas because my left boot smelled like gas. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, there was a, a leak on the lower left part of the tank. And yeah. So apparently it wasn't significant leak, but good enough. It, by the time, yeah, it's, I think it just vibrated itself apart. And I think uh, once there was no fuel left in it and became a big vibrating drum. I think it also probably cracked itself open more. Um, so yeah, like that was, we had a failure kind of, I don't know. It was, 
when the bike is ready and works for a whole four-hour race, it's going to be really good. We're not there yet. How many, uh, how many more races do you guys have this season? We have two more endurance races and three more sprint races sprint rounds just because of a of a weird thing with scheduling there's one split round in the year okay so we've had one more endurance race than sprint race so far um so we have two more endurance races um i have the bike i've had the bike since sunday evening um i immediately took it home figured out why it was leaking um so yeah i've had it for a week now um pulled the race motor out put uh, an old stock motor in so that I could go run the bike. I've run about 60 laps on the bike already, mostly working on jetting and gearing and some other things um, on the stock motor. Um, I've, I'm already within a second of the fastest lap I've ever put on that motor. Um, and that's the bike is down four miles an hour on the back straight because gearing and jetting are so bad right now. Um, so I think it's going to be quick. Um, I have ordered new springs and new shock oil. Um, I played around. I lowered the front forks. So I lowered the front of the bike an inch and a half. Um, and everything about the bike got better. Like mm. so much better. Is that the, and, we, we don't have to get into the weeds here, but is that kind of similar to a car where that helps um, load up the front tire to help mitigate understeer promote oversteer. it also affects steering geometry okay. um, it affects your your rail or your trail and rake and a bunch okay. of other things but yeah it, essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to get more weight on the front of the bike mm. um and also get it to turn a little bit differently um and um everyone who runs them this is a really popular chassis to run in california everyone who runs them in california lowers the front of the bike three inches like immediately um, which makes sense because when people run 65s, um, the little two strokes, first thing you do is you lower the forks like two to two and a half inches. Like you drop the front of the bike and then the bike stops behaving like a dirt bike and starts behaving more like a track bike. So um, springs are on their way. If if I can get the bike to brake better, some of that's fuel tank, some of that's geometry. Um, that's the only place where I was really getting eaten alive was under braking because I was really not confident that I could feel the front at all. Mm -hmm. um, and the rear of the bike was really good. Like you could, I actually could spin up the rear on the way out, have the bike wiggle and be confident that it was going to catch and it wasn't going to throw me off. So the rear of the bike is really good. Um, if I can get the front of the bike, like there's, there's at least a second a lap in the front of the bike right now. So, I'm I'm excited. Like I am I'm massively annoyed at the team. I'm super excited for the motorcycle. Well, just just think how much extra time you can get when you're not dropping oil and fuel onto the rear tire too. Yeah. Probably yeah, there's or something. There's that. There there's yeah, also yeah. yeah, that. And the bike was really good on tires even though it was as hot as it was. Like I think we could go a full softness like a full range softer on the tire um, when the temperature comes down a little bit. Um, we were running a soft front, medium rear. I think we could go with a super soft front and a soft rear. And um, 
like the bike is just going to grip and it's going to go and it's going to be amazing. Um, I'm super optimistic about it. You seem pumped. Um, I'm well, it's just, it's you're back. The bike's yeah, good. Like I'm back racing and, and then, and on Sunday, um, we parked that bike and I rode the Grom on Sunday. Um, and I talked to you the end of last year and beginning of this year. And I, I had decided to, to park my, my NSF, my GP bike and sprint race the ground this year, because the people that I wanted to race against were largely racing grounds. Mm-hmm. And I had the best day of sprint racing. Um, not from a results standpoint, um, because the, there's, there's two, three, four guys who are as fast or faster than me that is going to, they're going to be a genuine challenge to beat. Um, but like the Grom race had eight bikes, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, it's a full, it was a full sprint field for that. I think most of the races I had had between six and 12 bikes out there. I got to actually race with people. The Grom was as well behaved as it possibly could be. Um, and everyone I raced around, like every single person I sprint raced with was predictable and polite and nice. like everything you would want out of the the out of the racers even the the one racer that i had the the fiercest battle with was somebody that i've raced with a bunch and he will not give an inch but you can you can come up 2 inches from his rear tire and he won't do anything sketchy you know exactly what he's going to do every time and so you can yep. have these amazing epic battles with people um, because everybody is good and polite and, and paying attention. And so I had just, I had a really good endurance race because my hour on the bike was probably the best hour of any of the four. Um, and my sprint races were fantastic because my competition were the best people to race against. They were exactly who I wanted to race against. And even though it would be pretty easy to come away from the weekend being pissed off about having to drive back and get, get bleed screws and, you know, having the bike rupture the fuel tank and, you know, actually having it leak fuel on the rear tire when I was riding it and in it, like there would be a bunch of reasons that I could be like super pissed off about the weekend. I had the best weekend racing. Um, Certainly the best weekend I've had since my daughter went went off to school and you know, the, the weekends I had racing with her were probably better, but for different reasons. Um, this was just a really, really good weekend. Well, it sounds like you, know, you, you once again kind of confirmed that the bikes fundamentals are good. This was the first time that you've gotten to race it with the race engine and it. So the power was intoxicating. And then you've got all these very solvable problems elsewhere. I mean, places yeah, where you and, can note it, like notably make it better and you know how to do it, you know what to do and just get it done. And the bike's and back the fact, in your hands so you're, you can manifest your own destiny. The fact that we were able to ride for an hour at a time um, in that sort of heat lets us know that the bike is incredibly easy to ride. Um, it, it may have been one of those things where before we would be like, I don't know, you know, like, like we didn't know if going to a bigger chassis was going to make that big a difference. But I mean, half an hour on that bike, we were riding 
half an hour, 45 minutes on the ground last year and you would come off after 45 minutes and it was an event. Like you had done a thing. Um, shoulders were tired, arms were tired. And in this bike, I think when the weather gets to be such that humans can stay alive in it, um, you'll do an hour on the bike and you won't even think about it. Um, nice. Incredibly easy bike to ride. So yeah, we the the bike is meeting its design goals. Like when we laid it out on paper, we were like, okay, it should do this and this and this. And it's meeting all of those design goals in an unreliable, terrible way. Um, but you can fix that. Hopefully, yeah. If So I've, I've done like 60 laps on the bike now and the, all the motor mount bolts are fine, but that's with a stock motor. The, the race motor definitely vibrates more. Um, but we're going to use factory Honda bolts in those locations that broke um, and assume like they're factory Honda motor mount bolts designed to bolt into different Honda chassis. They just have to be the right length. You know, they're the right diameter bolts meant for that purpose. We're going to torque them properly and see if we carefully assemble the bike to spec if we can keep the bolts alive. Um, and assume that it's not. I don't want to say it's because somebody hammered it together with an impact. Um, but although I know very well that it was hammered together with an impact. Yeah. Um, but whether that was the cause of failure or not, I, we don't know. So the best thing to do is go to known, like known new good hardware, known appropriate torques. And then go from there. Yeah, just, you know, do better. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing is, is uh, I don't know if I'm hoping nobody on the team listens to this, but sort of. Just, so just one do of what the you things, had done, just better. Yeah, one of the things I can contribute to the team because I don't work 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week is I have time to go through things early and patiently. Um, and so if it's, if it's a week, 10 days out, I can like, I can check things. I can torque things properly. I can spend time safety wiring them. Um, I can, you know, I can do things 10 days out so that if I find we need a piece, we still have time to order it. Um, and I'm not trying to do things six or eight hours ahead of time, even though one or more of the, of the teammates are, are arguably better mechanics than me, certainly better at fabricating things than me, which is why the bike has been where it is getting things fabricated. Um, and I just, I kind of want to be like you, you have a teammate in me that has such a privileged life right now that I can carefully assemble the bike take it out and and run eight or 10 laps on it on a Wednesday before a race weekend, confirm that everything is the way it should be. And so like, we know we have a running properly assembled bike four or five days before the race. And I'm like, take advantage of the fact that I am like, I, that I am like I am. I, and, I and they have up near this me. year. What's that? I kind of want you up near me. Yeah, like that's no. That like if I was around you, that's exactly what I do. Um, and and I'm 
I'm always when when you're prepping, I'm always like, I wish you had access to Gingerman the Wednesday before every race weekend so that you could prep the car early enough so that Wednesday you could go out and go run five laps. Yeah. Make sure the car was good, put it back on the trailer, take it home, put it on jack stands, make sure everything's where it needs to be. Just that little peace of mind, you know, get that first half session out of the way beforehand so that you're not guessing that things work. Mm. You're not like, I'm confident because I prep things well. You'd be like, I'm confident because I prep things well and I went out and ran a session and I know it's good. That's um, true. And that's, I think that's like an ideal race team thing to do. Yeah. You know, not, not be in the middle of testing and learning about things on race weekends. So. Privileged life indeed, but it sounds amazing. So it is. And I love it. When's and the next, next race? Is it endurance or sprint? It's an endurance and sprint weekend. It's a okay. paired weekend. So Saturday and Sunday, um, it's like October 25th oh, or damn. whatever you got a minute it's, yeah it's it was it's like three more weeks okay i think from about right from this last weekend so it's three weeks so October. i've got parts to order it's still september it's three weeks. oh yeah no september sorry september okay we have one it's one 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 in september and then late september and then one in mid-october and then the last sprints are end of october okay that makes sense um so yeah no i'm i'm bad with months i want it I desperately want it to be September right now. Like I'm trapped in this hellscape. Of you think it's going to be cooler? It has to be. It can't be worse. So uh, keep telling yourself that. <sighs> if if you want it, I want it for you. So okay. In the meantime, I'm going to open up all my windows and cool it down in here because it's it's like 73. I hate you so much. Kind of terrible. Um. Yeah, but you can find uh, <laughs> you can find the <laughs> podcast at Trackwalking Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Trackwalking Chats is uh, where we kind of hang out and chat with people and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, look us up there if you're interested. And uh, yeah, topic ideas or interview ideas, we're always open and down for that too. We've got some people that we're looking forward to. Uh, speaking with soon absolutely uh for the two of us i'm broken miata scott and i'm eagerly racing everything all the time seth (laughs) we'll talk to you next week (laughs) 